1: So, guy, Nick Mason, sourceful of secrets, of which we are um, two fifths, right? Are, we're going back out on the road in the summer across the UK. We are. We're,
2: it's all of June, so brace yourself. What's it called? It's called the Set the Control Store. What a brilliant name! Who do you uh, think could have come up with such a great name for a tour, Gary? I
1: wonder. I mm-hmm. think I'm looking at him, right? But then you I might. did come up with uh, Nick Mason's all Sort of Seat. You did. And
2: in fact, that came up with a podcast then because you were inspired by Woody Woodman's u Boat, weren't you? I was, yes. Anyway,
1: anyway, but enough of that. So join Nick, Guy, Lee Harris, uh, Don Beacon and me as we celebrate the early years with the you know that incredible. It's an incredible body of work, isn't it? The early Pink Floyd, it goes up to just before Dark Side of the Moon. Goes up to 1972,
2: with all the film soundtracks, all the Sid stuff, stuff you've never mm. heard, stuff that no one's ever Echoes, heard. Frankly, obviously, Echoes is the big sort of. You um, know uh, what is that? What would you call it? Magnum Opus. Yeah, I love a Magnum. Don't you?
1: Yeah, I never met Magnum. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Anyway, tickets are on sale now and you can buy yours at uh, myticket.co.uk. And Kilimanjaro
2: Live presents Nick Mason's Sourceful of Secrets, The Set the Control Tour. Hello, Gary. Hello, Guy. We're going live. We are (laughs) going live. And it's it's amazing because it's such a special, special place to us. I've got so many incredible memories of
1: this place. Have you ever been there before, Gary? I don't think I've been to the screen on the green in Islington. Have I? Is it? Oh, hang on. (laughs) I think I saw a concert there. Did I not mention that?
2: I think only in (laughs) passing, you might have been at something that was on August the 29th, 1976.
1: That's right. I was 16 years old and Steve Dagger took me and Steve Norman from Spandau, we weren't even in Spandau Valley then, to the Screen in the Green and we saw, guess who we saw? We saw the Buzzcocks clash and the Sex Pistols.
2: I know, it's brilliant. Have you seen, have you seen the flyer? The fly is brilliant. In fact, we got it yeah, up, come on. And yeah, it's, um, yeah, yeah. what's interesting, cause it's kind of, it's not Jamie Reed yet. It hasn't got that really distinctive. It <clears throat> hasn't got the kind of the kidnap letter look to it. <clears throat> no, really no, but- Badly but, cut um, out pictures.
1: So it's, it's part of the day for the podcast festival that's going on in Islington. Podcast Festival London.
2: That's right, where we're appearing with all sorts of other proper podcasters.
1: Yeah, yeah, so we'll be on during the day doing that. And then in the evening at seven o'clock, you can buy tickets to come and see us on stage interviewing who? Steve Diggle from the
2: Buzzcocks and Glenn Matlock from the Sex Pistols.
1: And we will be talking about that famous night, the midnight special that apparently, I think I've told you, I saw. Perhaps. Can we just say,
2: can you believe that the first thing we get to do live is this, is, is something that is so kind of crucially, intrinsically fundamental to the soul of the Rock On
1: Yeah, we are excited. So you better be, you better buy tickets. You can get tickets from all our um, social media sites. You can go on there and find the link and, and buy tickets. And we'd love you to come along and you can hear, welcome to the Rock On Tours in person, up close. God knows who from. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be a night of uh, ribbing. A night of pure
2: anarchy. That was that was the ICA, wasn't it? Wasn't it a night of pure anarchy?
1: Yeah. So we'll see you there.
2: See you there. So head to
1: rockontours.com
2: to find out more.
1: So you, you've been and handing out awards at football stadiums? I've been handing out awards. Well,
2: I, yeah, I think stadiums a bit of a reach. Grounds. Um, yeah. It was, yes, on behalf of the Rockonteurs, I presented... The Rooker Prize, uh, it's called the Rooker Prize because the, because the, Lewis FC, the team in question are known as the Rooks. and uh, it was a, it was a great competition that you only had to write the first 250 words of the novel. And uh, my missus Georgia Bing being a noted children's author, was one of the judges and uh, this winner won hands down. Ronnie Hendra, she wrote a thing called the Teeny Tiny Toaster Dragon which is very funny. And it's on the Lewis FC website. So you can go and have a look. Ronnie. She's, a science, she's a science teacher and um, football enthusiast who's never written
1: before. Well, that's, that's wonderful. And is there, does it say anything about Rock on Tours on the award?
2: Unfortunately not. I, I don't think we sponsored it quite enough. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very lovely uh, wooden nib, carved wooden nib. So yes.
1: we have a writer on today
2: we do have a writer we have a writer and and not unintentional photographer
1: yeah 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 i mean if, uh, it's just he's got a book out which is about his life with david bowie and boy did he have a life with david bowie right so he he oh, yeah. he, he, he grew up with david he went to school with david they they all lived in the same area I it was bromley uh bromley, and, yeah. and um he knew him as a mod he knew him in all those early days of what the records they used to buy together, him and George Underwood, the artist who, who gave David his uh, his dodgy eye, who smacked him in the playground for, right. for, yeah. for cheating on him with another girl, with a girl a friend of his, and he went on to become called Warren Peace. This is Jeff McCormack, but he goes on to become Warren Peace and becomes one of David's uh, backing vocalists on. Um, the the Ziggy Stardust tours, the All Sane, Insane, the, the Young Americans, Diamond Dogs, um, and travels with him across Russia from Japan by train to England on the Siberian ex- Trans Siberian Express, and documents it all.
2: But and what's fantastic is they're both documenting it, isn't it? Because he's taking the stills, and Bowie had an eight millimeter cine camera.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, and the book is fantastic. I have to say. Yeah. But and we'll talk about this later, especially the afterword from David
2: Bowie. Or uh, that is, is a master, but that needs to be. Yeah, I don't know. We're, whatever you can do, <laughs> put, made into an NFT. Put it, put in the British
1: Library. I would have
2: thought. Yeah, <clears throat> put in a museum and preserve for future generations, along with our first David Coverdale <laughs> episode, as David Arnold suggested. Vile,
1: evil, evil. It was evil, wasn't it? Why did I say vile? Evil. He probably does say vile as well. But evil. Evil. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Jeff is an ace face. I mean, oh, my God. He describes at one point in this book something that he wears, his favorite get up, which was, you know, a a, a Macintosh, a, a cream Macintosh with scarlet polo neck. Uh, blue trousers uh, and and green hush puppies I'm like wow see that green up uh, wow see that mod wow zoot suit white jacket
2: with side vents 5 inches long let's get him on welcome to the rock on tours
3: okay guys <laughs> I'm ready. But it's a big tune for sure. I actually wrote that originally for Tina Turner. Of course, I had gone and found Joni Mitchell down in Florida and brought her back. I've listened to a few of them and they've been really good, man. I'm Sitting in the back of the car coming into London, they're brilliant. That caused a big problem in the band, actually. I was having too much fun. Thank
1: you
2: guys for still being around, still making music, still being into it, and doing this podcast. It,
3: it's uh, it's fabulous. Well, I get the feeling that us three should go for a pint. That's what I think. I'm in a band now. <laughs> it's cool, right? Roxy music. You know this thing about the 10,000 hours of experience? Oh yeah, you know, the two, the two Get good thing, at yeah. something. When we recorded Arnold Lane, we'd done about 50
1: hours. The Rock Hunters Podcast with Gary Kemp and Guy Pratt.
0: Keep on rocking! Ah!
3: Hiya guys. Jeff. Hello. It's the old
1: geezer. Mate. <laughs> Gary, you look well. Thank you. Pleasure to have you on. Hi Jeff, I'm Guy. Jeff, we were just <laughs> um, doing a little introduction about you and, and I love... At the beginning of your book the way you describe your favorite outfit and I and I may have got it wrong but the Macintosh red polo
3: neck what is that yeah, that's right red one looks oh uh, which is topical um yes it was one of those uh long trench coats with all the buckles and stuff uh very French you know and uh you know when you get getting a favorite outfit when you're a kid it, it's just my yeah, yeah. never forget
2: stuff. it but hey but Gary said Gary did say um, green hush puppies,
3: green hush puppies, yeah.
2: What? Where does where would such a thing be found? I never knew of green hush yeah, puppies.
3: Yeah, hush puppies were, were a mod thing.
2: Uh, I, I, well, I know I was a mod revivalist in some oh, time. Right. So you know, we we green hush puppies weren't available to us, mate. Where were
3: they we from? Clark's
2: hush puppies were Clark's, yeah.
3: I no, reckon. Okay. Um, so uh, also, in Clark's were desert boots. That's right. And with both of those uh, attire. You could walk miles with with a certain amount of help. W- w-
1: yeah, with uh, pilled <laughs> out, <laughs> just
3: pills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the blue. That was was that the blue bit? <laughs> uh, we, we, we we would often walk from the West End on, uh, uh, on a Sunday after you know the, the whole night in the West End. We'd of, often walk back to Bromley where we lived, Bellingham, Bromley, whatever. Wow. Um, via uh, the El Partido in uh, Lewisham, uh, which was an all nighter. <laughs> yeah and where had you been before you walked back we had been the flamingo we had been to the mingo yeah uh it wasn't cheap the mingo uh it, even to get in and we've been to the scene in ham yard the, the flamingo was better it was l- later on in uh, at the end of the 60s clubs got a bit you know she like the revolution and those kind of things and they were you know where the beatles hung out and whatever but uh, the early clubs Really, up and down the country, were, were 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 kind of like sellers.
1: And what kind of music were you dancing to there at the Mingo? Always
3: game? Luay, Louis Louie. Which I, look the Kingsman. Kingsman. Yeah, yeah. They never did anything else. Uh, uh, it was just a happy accident that, uh, which just shows you how music can be. Everything about that track is shit.
1: Yeah, and yet it's per, and yet it's perfect. Yeah, uh, I remember when, when, when after the Blitz Club. Finished. Robert yeah. Elms opened a club on Wardour Street called Sam Moritz and that became that was one of the theme tunes. That was one that was always on the deck at that point.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I bet. I bet.
2: And do you know, funny enough, my stepson was down at the Moritz just the other night because there's now
1: some cool jazz
2: club there.
3: Okay, really? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> wow. wow. this
1: is the thing, isn't it? That we're talking about Soho. You know, yeah. the, the one of the early places for us was. That was Billy's uh, on Meard Street. Yeah. And that was
3: the Gargoyle Club, that's you know, right. back in the 1920s. I think I mentioned that because that's pre-everything. I mean, that's uh, way back when uh, Soho was almost a no-go. Well, that would have uh, been yeah.
1: Evelyn Waugh and Tallulah Bankhead and that crowd. Uh, right? yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah,
3: exactly, yeah. It was all run by Jack Spot, the gangster.
1: Jack's bot, you don't get names like that anymore.
3: Yeah, yeah, you don't do it. Didn't,
2: no. didn't you buy, it
3: did, didn't or you or buy of drugs
1: it. off of Jack the Hat McVicky? McVitty, um, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, not McVitie, sorry. <laughs> no,
2: I bought, I bought, no, no, you got a I,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I should know, I was in the fucking craze. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 my, my, my pal uh, remembers more than I do, who, who I used to go up west with from Bromley South. Station. He he remembers it was Jack Jack and Hat and Jack McVitty. Um, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, you know, it's funny. You you spoke about uh how much you love that suit and you don't that that outfit and you don't didn't forget it. I mean, when I was a kid, my my connection would have been my first pair of brogues or Salacios, um, and I remember you you get those shoes and a Brutus shirt, a Ben Sherman shirt or something. You know, you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember putting it. So as soon as I woke up in the morning, I'd see it at the end of my bed. You know, I'd see those just and yeah. the shirt hanging up. Oh, first it's vision. It's important. It's important stuff. Were they churches? Where, where, where were they from? Chat Market.
3: Shelleys. Shelleys,
1: mate. Yeah, Shelleys. Shelleys did the 2
2: so ah, once. Yeah, that's sort
3: of my you know my anything? first. It won't go any further uh, further than myself and Guy. But did you ever nick anything? Do
1: you know what I I I did? <laughs> I, I didn't nick anything personally. I remember getting in with a load of rogues once, and one night I didn't even know these guys, and um, we'd gone into a uh, a hotel bar in uh, in Islington somewhere, and, and I felt nervous. I shouldn't have even been in the hotel bar because I was only twelve or something. Oh, and God. and there's always someone there that's destined for prison, right? That in this group. Yeah. Of people. <laughs> And this this kid ran off with the blind people's box, and as he he grabbed the he grabbed it off the bar, you know the charity box for blind people. He grabbed it and he legged it, and we all had to leg it. And I couldn't leg it in time, so I hid in the toilet. Yeah, and I just cried and I cried, and then yeah. somehow yeah. Yeah. I
3: managed to get out Go of the on, toilet put, and home. That's a shit thing to do. That would put you off thieving for life. I, wouldn't ne- it? I never, I never. Did you thieve, Jeff? The, the last time I, I, I uh, nobbled anything was in about 1968 or something like that uh, in in Chelsea. I lived in Kings Road, and one of my um, roguish pals turned up from Deptford or something like that. So I, I wanted to impress it. So um, we were in a, 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 a. I was into Shetlands then because I was I, I, I was a, a, a pseudo assumed a pseudo-French dresser <laughs> uh, was that
2: a thing A suit was uh, that
3: an yeah it was, it was and why the fuck we were copying the French when who, who copied us anyway I don't yeah, know that was a, there any, was a, you mentioned there was a name that the mods so
1: that you copied the Italians really as mods it was a yeah, of, yeah, then, it, then it, the it, French really. copied the Brits and then you yeah, started they, copying the French but you gave uh, yourself so, a name the Minet or something right
3: yeah yes that's right that's what they were called in France Anyway, so the last thing I I novelled was um, a Shetland sweater in Richard Young's shop that he was managing. The photographer? Yes, Richard. And yeah and I came out I was showing off to my my, my Deptford down you know and I was showing off and I, sh- I went whoa you know he went oh fuck I wish I'd have known that I'd have had something so <laughs> I presume uh,
2: you've made your peace with Richard about this no no no
3: I've I, I said to Richard uh, I am <laughs> going to admit something mate." you know blah 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 he said oh, don't worry I used to do it all the time uh, Richard grew uh, up, up.
2: I, he didn't say oh that's that's the Shetland that got me sacked
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah no he, he, he was not with them as well so didn't really matter <laughs> I
2: I used to do that. I worked on a, a, at a clothes shop up at the top of Portobello Road uh-huh. called Risk. Really, brilliant. had new fifties and secondhand stuff, and he used to have this stock of he used to get these amazing fifties cashmere overcoats. And I just minded the coat rail outside, fifteen yeah. quid for one of these coats, and I probably had about three every Saturday.
3: Yeah, which I thought was fair See, enough. See, this was, is tax. Is yeah, yeah, it's all coming out now.
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry, Chris. Sorry, um, Chris, whose shop it was.
3: What was it? <laughs> I, I forgot what I was going to say now.
1: You're shocked, aren't you? you you're you're going to confess something. Oh, I, I know what it was. Is I'm it? not confessing anything this time. No, the, Richard, because I speak to Richard Young. Uh, so I know him, obviously. He's a good friend. and He went to his 70th? His 70th, yeah. 70th, didn't and it? he yeah. always talks about growing up and knowing Mark Feld or Mark Boland, as we all know. So, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, who was a massive mod? I mean, did Mark come into your world
3: before or uh, during David's time? Or no, no, but he was he he was very well placed to be. I think w- w- weren't his parents in Schmatter? I can't remember. Probably, I
2: think so. Yeah, but th- yeah. so this is all East End, though, isn't it? Yeah, Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you are.
3: So, and I think he was quite spoiled, uh, quite a spoiled kid. Beautiful, uh, and uh, he got everything he wanted. So, well, he was, um, he, was um, he had
1: the most uh, incredible looking face, didn't he? I mean,
3: he did, and uh, he, he he was. A, a problem the best looking mod of all was um his sidekick was was Mi- not, not mickey back then mickey finn mickey finn yeah was he? he was a he was ah. the, he was the best looking mod in london wow and wow. he come down to the the prince alfred where my pal uh used to run a blue beat stroke whatever night with uh duke lee um, it was based on it was, it was based on the uh, Roaring Twenties Count Suckle so it was that kind of thing right and he used right. to play incredible and uh, yeah so uh, Mickey Finn used to come down to uh, South London and uh, to, to that little club because it was on a, it was on a Thursday night which is a, a really cool night to go oh, out because I always wait- it is actually
2: I always think of... Mick- First, Thursday Mick- was always the night. Thursdays and Mondays were the yeah. best night. Well, it's funny night. you yeah.
1: say that. I yeah. dispute that because the Blitz and Billies and all of Steve Strange's places were always Tuesdays. And the reason they were Tuesdays is because Tuesdays was the shittest night in that club for the club owner. So the owner yeah. needed someone to fill it. So, you know, that's yeah, why yeah. he was called yeah. in. Uh, but yeah. I, 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 yeah. I understand. But... um I was
2: basically thinking- any night other than friday or saturday is yeah, yeah. <laughs> that because those are amateur nights
3: yes it's, it's the same deal you will know this from your perspective of growing up but uh I, I also write in the book about friday night being lads night out and then saturday night you took your girlfriend out so, so that that was kind of uh showed up in the pubs that you used to go to and I, and, I, and i talk about the pubs and the songs they used to sing they used to get around the piano and sing the these the, the songs, Jeff. Yeah. Let's
1: talk about you. You get you meeting David. I think you you said that you don't actually remember the moment you met him. But what sort of old age were you when he became your friend?
3: Eight. We met at uh, Burntash Primary School in Bromley when we were when we were eight. Um, but he, he lived quite close to me, so we'd you know walk home together, and we're, then, then we became friends like that. What was he like? Um, he was he was thoughtful, quiet, thoughtful. thoughtful. Um, intelligent. He'd love to tell a story. So I remember his father used to buy him records, Heywood. which I'll get to later. Haywood,
1: his uh, father was called. Yeah,
3: he? and he would also buy him magazines, American magazines. His father was um, attached to a society called uh, Bernardo's. You probably remember them as well.
2: Oh, Dr. Bernardo's.
3: Dr. Bernardo's yeah. and he was on the... Um, entertainment uh, aspect of it so if they did charity stuff his dad would be involved in it. so um he used to be able to get records and, and, and magazines and stuff and i remember david having this magazine and it, it was too old for him really because he had this story about uh wrestlers uh, fighting to the to, to the death, and it was really quite gruesome i mean i think they gouged each other's eyes out you know it is a, and i remember him reading wow. this to me and and the more open-mouthed and amazed I was. And the more he'd got me, the more he'd got into telling the story. And it was the first moment that, in retrospect, I, I remember him being a, a performer uh, a, a, right. and liking the reaction of performing. In, in this case, just telling a story, but he he liked it and he was good at it.
1: What about music? What about clothes? And did, did, you, did you did you bond with him on that? What was the first records that you both got excited about?
3: um mostly little Richard so
2: did you discover this together by the way did you discover rock roll together
3: yeah yeah we did so he um he got the latest uh 78s from his dad and uh he was quite spoilt as well David in in many ways he got what he wanted um whereas we had a wind-up chromophone he had a a little Danzette electric one wow. and so he, he asked for something he got it which was uh, he was he was almost an only child because his, his brother um, Terry which yeah who, who wasn't related to his father but uh, was his mother's son um, like my brother had left home uh, to be cons- conscripted uh, in the RAF so they were both in the RAF and both as I say later on introduced into into jazz that's another thing because um, they were like nine years old right so we'd get these records from his dad uh and they were life-changing i mean they were totally life-changing mm-hmm. we were post-war kids um so uh, everything was pretty bleak uh, we were still on ration for example where we still had ration books so everything was pretty uh, pretty bleak. i had a cousin in philadelphia and he'd send me stuff toys and they're always bigger and, and and heavier and more colourful um, and more substantial yeah. uh, than uh, English-British t- toys. He'd send me clothes and they were always brasher mm-hmm. and more lively. And everything about America and Americana was attractive to us. It was well, all- we, all,
2: we all had, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it was the same yeah. for us, Gary, because Gary, sure you had that, that thing of when you get Marvel comics and DC comics and just see all those toys advertised in the back yeah a submarine a, you know like it's yeah.
1: a it's box just, was full of of the military there was a, yeah x-ray specs obviously
3: so yeah so similar for you then you yeah you, yeah it, it's very attractive that stuff especially when it's out of reach so so listening to uh, well hound dog elvis was incredible really he he had a wonderful voice and an incredible image but little richard was just beyond the did, beyond. Did, a whole thing about, sorry did you go and see I, little richard with david i know george went. No, did he? george 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 uh by the way guy is the other bloke we grew up with and he's my oldest friend i've known george since i was four just ah, george he's underwood certainly sort of
2: yeah. wow. wow who's a, who's a great um, artist I, 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 by the way
3: i mean we we we, yeah. we, we have we, we go drinking about um by 30. I, I, i'll i'll but his kitchen kitchen table drinking um we, we, we have a beer and have a, a, a natter like old, old, old ladies uh about five thirty of some evenings you know and uh, anyway going back to, to to that so it really was um life-changing i mean you could have a little richard to eight-year-old nine-year-old kids it was totally life-changing
2: i uh, sorry to interject with something. No, yeah, no, because it's interesting how you say that, how later that apparently Niall Rogers tells the story of that. When Bowie went to him to do let's dance, yeah. when it was like, what, what's the record you want to make? And apparently David just showed him a picture of little Richard in a red suit, standing next to a red Cadillac. I went, that is rock and roll. That is what I want to do.
3: Yeah. 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 But
1: apparently there's, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's little Richard when David saw with George, uh, Went he to did. the show he said there's a moment where 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 he collapses on stage little richard and and yeah. and and his all the bouncers come on and they try and revive him and they get him back up and he starts over again and it was there was a moment george said where both of them thought he'd died on stage but, uh, the, oh, uh, right. the, you know we can extrapolate from that and say was was did, did rock and roll suicide come out of that you know that idea yeah, but no, certainly yeah, the yeah. glam of little richard would have been Abs- yeah. influential
3: on David yeah but it, it, it it's not something that's accessible I mean if if you're starting a band your references wouldn't be so wild because uh, after that modern young music was skiffle and skiffle was very much a homemade thing you could you could get a teachers make it into a double bass you could get a, a wash washboard no, a t- and a tea
1: chest
3: and that and, 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 and people did um it was the original punk. Yeah, well, I suppose so. I mean, it, it, was, it was quite country. It was quite, it was quite um, polite. I was in the DIY aesthetic. Yeah, but you, yeah. You, later on, your references are more plotted out, where, whereas it was a bit like going blind in those days. You wouldn't know yeah, yeah, yeah. what to have done. You wouldn't know how to become a performer. The, the only thing that you might have done is done like a vocal group. That there's a, a track that David and I used to sing. That I reference it all through the book because we, he and I used to keep coming back to it, and it was called "I'm Not a Juvenile Delinquent" by Frankie Lyman and the team. Yeah. And uh, on the other side was "Baby, Baby." Uh, I don't know if you know that track, "Baby, Baby." a you, "Baby, Baby"? Just very sweet kind uh-huh. of um, stuff that Jeff Michael Jackson would have come out with, you, you know, years, years, years down the line. Um, but I'm not a juvenile think is one we, we, we could sing because it, it was like a, a cappella. Someone of us would, would take the uh, the harmony. Uh, so that's something you, you could do you, you, or you could add. And that's something that we first, that's what we first sung as or felt confident because Frankie Lyman was like 13. We, uh, we can't, we've got
1: to talk but about but this later. we have got to talk about this later because that, that okay. wonderful afterword that's at the back of your book by David, yes. David the letter by David. Okay. But he mentions in that, that yeah. Uh, you guys singing that song juvenile delinquent yeah. on the corner yeah. of cambridge road
3: yeah that's my is road that, that's
1: yeah ge- geographically that's right is
3: it it is geographically right but it 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 makes sense because it would have been where we parted he would have walked on to Pleisto grove and i would have walked up cambridge road and where is cambridge road uh, so it's in a, a, a sundridge park in bromley or bromley and I uh, and it's uh it, it was middle-class, um, nice middle-class. I mean, Harold Wilson was our MP at one point, so that's how kind of middle-class <laughs> story it was. Um, well, Labour. How... Yeah, he was Labour,
2: yeah. Academic Labour, though. Yeah, he was an academic, yeah. let's face it.
3: Harold Macmillan, did I?
2: Oh, Macmillan, I mean, you mean? Oh, um, yeah.
3: Macmillan. Who did I? You said No, Wilson. you said Wilson. Did <clears> I? <throat> you know? That was a weird thing to say. It's funny (laughs) you mentioned
1: it about Juvenile Delinquent and those doo-wop songs, those kind of street corner harmonies, doo-wop, very sort of white rock and roll um, in many ways. But uh, Because David, I remember just before Let's Dance came out and everyone was talking about, oh, what's the new album like? And David said, well, I've gone back and I've been listening to those kind of songs. So he was was pulling in some of that, 50s reference for the let's dance album I'm, I'm not sure if it ever really arrived on that record
3: but i had to do something really difficult the other day and actually you've done it easily before but i had to do a live uh american breakfast yeah uh, sure. you know, gary has one minutes. come on get on with it. uh and and they asked me about you know how, how we got into stuff and whatever and 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 they also asked me a question about and they threw this out and, and it really uh Completely through me. They said, Why did David make that album which you're talking about? That dance at that time. And as far as I, my, my reason, and I've never asked him, but nineteen eighty three or eighty two was when he walked from his management deal.
2: Tony DeFreitas, is that? Yeah, I yeah. thought that was seventies. That was no. I think he was he? still stuck in yeah, a contract. Oh, he still gone. stuck. Oh, I see what you mean. He was still paying it. Yeah, yeah. No, so he was still getting the money. Yeah, yeah.
3: No. So sorry. Uh, another thing. Another thing that I, I understand anyway. Another thing that David asked. Another ingredient of what he wanted was that he wanted, a, he, wanted he wanted a hit. He wanted hits, uh, and that's what he said to Niall Nile Rodgers. I want you to make me hits. And uh, coming out of all the stuff he'd done. And then suddenly going, right, I'm going, I'm going commercial. Let's face it. It was really commercial album Yeah, that I think not better asked, I ever asked him, but that's, that's the reason because that just out of the water, that was just like, uh, he, he made probably more money out of that one album so than all. the You're other suggesting, he'd ever
1: you're suggesting mm-hmm. he went back and listened to those pop records that he'd grown up on initially,
3: yeah I I'm suggesting he wanted a hit album and that's what well, he, he certainly
1: got it. Yeah. I was actually uh, Jeff. I was
2: actually in a band, um, Icehouse, who supported him on the Sirius really? Light tour. Yeah, we at Milton
3: Keynes. I, I, I yeah.
2: play. Yes, we were the first band on at Milton Keynes. Mind fucker for you. That it was. Yeah.
3: Huge gig, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Oh God, I bet you you, you cherish that.
2: I absolutely cherish that, and um, had some lovely times with David. In fact, on that
3: tour. Oh, nice one. Yeah. yeah well, couple- you know, he He was. He was a. He was cool. He was a gentleman, uh, and he was uh, at that point. Happy in his own skin because he he he, he proved just about
1: everything. Absolutely, Absolutely. Guy, guy played with him with uh, David Gilmour as well uh, at the Albert.
2: Exactly, yeah. His, his last his last ever public performance, his last ever UK performance, was actually with us at the Albert Hall. Oh, two thousand six. Yeah, but he he got up and did. What was interesting, as Jeff was, he got up and he did uh, Arnold Lane, uh, which we learnt specially for him. But what was interesting was that he sang that song he, he knew it inside outside upside downside. So it's uh-huh. like he'd been singing it every night of his life yeah. wow you know, he,
3: his, his love yeah. of sid clearly went that deep you know i'm wondering whether he it, it was one of the tracks that uh, we recorded or he had in mind for uh pinups yeah it's, it's hiding you know, that that would well he
1: did see emily play on pinups didn't he
3: yeah i think it could Did you go to, was you
1: in that world with him? Did you go and go to Middle Earth and and see Floyd or was that, were you part of that, that sort of scene at that point? No, I wasn't. Jeff Dexter Uh, and people.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Um, I I lived in, uh, I lived in town, I lived in Kings Road. So we would go to like free concerts and stuff like that and we'd uh, we'd see King Crimson and uh, I saw Mark Bolin and there would have been him and that would, that would have been the original T-Rex, uh, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, Tyrannosaurus rex. There's a, really, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a great bit in the book when you, you get back friendly with David after, because you kind of split up when you both go to different schools at one point, don't you? And then you meet each other again and you, you go round yeah. to his new house. I think he's still living with his parents and he, he's, he's in a band called Feathers, right?
3: Yeah, that's when he lived. I discovered he lived at the end of my road. I lived in Onslow Gardens and he he, he, he was living in Clareville. We used to, the Soons, me, Richard Young, was one uh, in our mini pools in our Shetland sweaters. We used to go to a uh, club <clears throat> in Princes Street called the Bataclan. And um, I met him there and uh, we, we hooked up and I went down there. And his girlfriend had just left him. Hermione had just left him. And uh, bless his heart, he, he was he was very, very upset. <clears throat> had a little sob about that. And as I say, in the book, as an old friend to be around at that time. But that's the Point where he played me uh, Space Oddity, which I thought was wonderful. I mean, I just thought you've nailed it, mate. You know, you're on. How old uh, is he? How old is he?
1: 1968,
3: 68, 69,
1: 68. What? Yeah. Is he living with his parents? He you
3: no, know, he went back after that, which was which must be absolutely fucking horrible for him because uh, you know to go back uh, after living in London and do- doing interesting stuff and to go back to Bromley. Uh, especially a tiny little house, which he was in Playstow Grove. It was, and his, his mother were, well, was an, uh, exactly uh, a Bundle of Lost, bless her. So that must have been pretty horrible. And he didn't have a backup. He didn't have a backup track.
1: But he wrote that lo-
3: so, lovely letter to Hermione came out of that, right? I love, do you, know, do you know what? That is his best bit of singing. And forget all the uh, Let's Dance, to Young Americans, whatever. That is the most soulful singing he ever did. It's brilliant. If you listen to it again, it's really soulful. It's uh, straight from the heart, and it's uh, mm. yeah, amazing track. Because if you think but about yeah, that, it, that would cramp it after.
1: Because, yeah. guy, it's true. I don't think it's true to say, isn't it? You know, David <clears throat> rarely wrote autobiographically. He really rarely wrote about his own emotions and feelings. A letter to Hermione must have been the one about the only one. And you're going—that's true.
2: That's yes, true. Yeah, it was always if he did, it was always disguised. Yes. Or
3: yeah. Well, that's what makes it great. And if you. If he, oh, you know I, kooks is a
2: letter is to oh yeah Duncan isn't it
1: yeah which is another great track
3: yeah yeah mm. so yeah I I I listen to that track often and uh it really is the best soul most soulful track that's white soul singing as, as far as I'm concerned because he's not aping it's uh
2: it's at the "Where Are We Now" video, which is the one where he's actually he's wearing a "Song for Norway" t-shirt, which yeah. is a reference to what she left him for, yes. isn't it? She, yeah.
3: yeah, 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 yeah.
2: That's right. Good, good. Explain. I've looked, every, I've
1: looked everywhere for one since then. Explain that, because <laughs> that is a beautiful story. Do, do, do you know what that?
3: Well, basically, she got off at another gig uh, on the film and dancing on as well, which is was was her okay, and um, she took it, and and off she went into the sunset. The, Norwegian's uh, break his heart. Uh, and, yeah.
1: and were you friends with David through that beginning time of obviously the hit of Space Oddity, going to number one, and then and then the sort of failures of, of great tracks like Life on Mars that weren't hits the first time round, and you know, Hunky Dory wasn't a hit. Did, were, you, were you following him during that period, or did, were you with him that time?
3: Yeah, yeah, um, I, uh, around that time, oh, yeah. I was working for Emperor Rusko. Oh, wow! Mike that Mike, who was absolutely lovely and a real hard worker. He was the the hardest working man in the just, just fill us in the on the Emperor BBC. Roscoe for um, people who don't know. I knew he's, uh, he's PA. He was a, a French girl called Everything's Maxine, French. Everything's French around you, Jeff. Uh, what is this? They smoke <laughs> Goulwares as no, well. No, 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 I know. I know. <laughs> or Gitan. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 I smoke goulwas, but I smoke a giton, And and my, my great regret was oh. turning David on. To and, and yeah, yeah. She heard me sing and thought I was a good singer. and She told Roscoe, uh, I met up with Roscoe, heard me sing. He wanted to manage me. His manager wanted to manage me. But in the meantime, of uh, I did record something with him, blah, blah, blah. But um, in the meantime, to keep Body and Soul alive, I uh, was his roadie. And not only was I his roadie, I was his, his singer on the radio. So I used to sing his jingles. Uh, many many years down the line, I got I got That's how I earned a living, making well. Can you advertise. give us one? <laughs> uh, but <laughs> well, I had a I, I had a, a, a top three hit with one to be, which was really under what name? Yeah, it was um, it was under the name of Praise, and it uh, went in number number nineteen or whatever. It was a car ad for Fiat, and the car was shit. <laughs> it was really nasty, a little uh, little door, and but but the music was fantastic, and uh, um. Uh, we put it on this ad it just looked wonderful advertisers used to copy films at that point and this was a copy of oh Rain this Man, is much
1: later thing, i see
3: where a car ferrari gets uh, ah. uh, uh, much later yeah 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 i couldn't get enough i took it down to down the road to uh, uh, virgin or whatever and a couple of other places nobody wanted to know where's the album and then uh, i remember george george michael's cousin had a little label anyway the upshot is george michael produced our top wow. three single. You'll have to Google "Praise Only You."
2: Not only you. will remember- Not that. that. Track.
3: <laughs> this- no, I mean, there's so many. There's probably a hundred songs called "Only." There, like
0: there's been there. there's been six number um, ones called yeah, "Let's, let's pray- Dance." Um,
2: And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com
3: upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: This episode of Rock On Tours is sponsored by AG1, the daily
2: nutrition supplement. AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 vitamins, minerals and other vital ingredients like gut-friendly bacteria, antioxidants
1: and much more. Just one scoop of AG1 daily has all the nutrients you need to support your mental performance, energy levels, heart health and immune system.
2: To be honest, it's pretty vital stuff for us because when you've got a life on the road and you're short of time or you're too busy to plan and prepare healthy meals or you're getting your podcast together, you're being shouted at and it's just a nightmare, AG1 gives me all the good stuff and helps keep my energy levels where I need, ready for showtime or doing the podcast and with a nice vanilla taste. It keeps me
1: focused, feeling good, feeling healthy with its daily dose of vitamin C and zinc. And it's so easy to use. Just one scoop a day gives me over 70 carefully selected ingredients. Simple. Trusted by Olympians, F1 drivers and the rock
2: So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and a free one year supply of vitamin D and five
1: free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription. Go to drinkag1.com slash That's drinkag1.com slash rockonteurs. Check it out. Jeff, let's get back to you and David. Yeah. I want to know when, no, no. When did you start working for David? How did that relationship happen?
3: Okay. So in about the, the, the end of the 60s again, a couple of years later, uh, after he did uh, the Space Oddity and, uh, and then, or Orson went back to his mother's, uh, we, we kind of teamed up again. By that time, um, he'd moved to Beckenham, right. to Happen Hall, which was this splendid uh, uh oh, yeah. Well, it, it, it was, he he had the ground floor, which was uh, wonderful. So you opened this magnificent door, and one point you was what mm-hmm. was a staircase that went up each side. But of course it didn't go any further than that. It just went to the landing and the rest of it was blocked off for other flats. But that's where yeah. the, uh, Spiders from Mars slept, when they were Um Anyway, he'd gone there, and uh, we hooked up again. But he'd started recording, and I think I slipped in and did a, a few backing vocals for him. And sometimes I'd come down in the Roscoe International... the truck, Truck. And my girlfriend at the time was working for Feathers. Feathers used to do these little zip-up jackets. If you look at pictures from the 70s of the band, the whole band wore these little zip jackets. nylon jackets.
2: Bob- oh, yeah, but they uh, very tight? Yeah. Yes.
3: Yes, yeah. And, and Dave, there's a little Mick, Mick Rock shots of, of the band and David in, in, in those things. So we brought those down and we'd bring armfuls of clothes for Angela to try and blah, 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 and whatever, whatever. And then I got this, uh, then, then I worked for Browns for a while and then uh, I got the sack from that when they asked me to clean the toilet uh, and I told him to fuck off. Uh, and then I went to f- oh. work for Michael Fish. And that's where I noticed this rack of yeah. dresses. Lordly uh, left that the, 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 somehow passed the, the new thing of men wearing dresses. Um, Mick Jagger was talking of Sidney on stage at High Park? It, it was more like a... It was very... Sh- it wasn't the full length. It wasn't the, the, the real deal. It was kind of calf length. It, so it was like a long shirt. And Sammy
2: Davis like, Jr. had already worn um, that shirt it, apparently once, well, I think, or it went to. Do you
1: know I've I've got one in yeah, gold? No, that's interesting. I found it in a vintage store about ten years no. ago. that the Mr. Fish mini dress, yeah, the label.
3: And it's a Mr. Yeah, Fish. Yeah. Wow, wow. Well, well, they look more like the things that the uh, the Greek yeah, well, a, a tunic. The, wear it was kind supposed- of. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. That's what Jagger had. So but Bowie
1: he, wore it, didn't he? Bowie yeah. wore one on on the front of Manu.
3: Yeah, sold but the wall. it was a full length dress, and he wore one to America. Yeah. He went to America, man. Yeah. Talk about balls! I mean, come on! <laughs> he went to uh, <laughs> America, all over America, in a dress with long hair. Talk mm-hmm. about standing out. That was his thing, standing out. You know, and but that takes some balls, yeah. doesn't it? Really, you need balls to wear Absolutely. a dress.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: don't go there. Um, um,
1: go on, carry on. So you, you, yes.
3: you, you. you yeah, so, so he sat he, he up at the shop and um, Angie was squealing and whatever, doing a huge squealing thing. And uh, he tried them on and they fitted like a glove. And uh, I think, bless his heart, Mr. Fish was kind of, it was all dissolving. His shop wasn't doing well. The moment had passed, whatever. So he wasn't that excited. But, you know, he bought two or three of these dresses, probably at much reduced price. And as I say in the book, that I I I'd like to think that somewhere... Down the line, Mr. Fish, while looking through a stack of albums, came across David and lying on a chaise lounge with one of his creations on. You know, and and, and the and,
1: other uh, thing David wore at that
3: time, it, famous, is the bippity property hat, yeah. right? Yes,
1: which yes. is that velvet yes. hat. Now, I my one of my best friends designed that. hat, oh, Paul Reeves, really? Who who so Paul Reeves had a shop called Universal Witness or a label. Okay. And, and uh, Jimmy Hendrix wore his shirts and jackets did uh, uh, Paul McCartney. Oh, I can't, in, I don't in, know. Minnesota. I don't know. Really trying to get on to when you first, when David first said. Yeah, because oh, what, what I'm, well, sorry
2: guys, but what I'm interested in is were you still involved in anything musically while
3: you were doing these jobs? To make you do th- yeah. I don't think so. I think I, I, I moved on to do, doing something. So I think I was working for, uh, I was selling advertising space at that point. I think what I'd, Done. I've been hanging around and, and, and helping out with backing vocals, probably never even charged for it, because um, I really don't remember much about Hunky Dory and being around uh, and, and doing vo- the vocals. I, I, it's, it's all very vague to me, and, and apparently I did the percussion on Panic in De- De- Detroit because um, Woody didn't agree with him or something like that, and anyway, so I did the percussion on that, and I don't remember doing it. And all I can down Congress. to is basically uh, that um, mm-hmm. it was like helping a mate out, you know. And, it, you know, it, it wasn't, oh, I'm going to the, into the studio to do
1: something. No, just was it with Ziggy Starr? Uh, what are you asking? You're asking, was it? When when you first got on stage and started, David said, I want you to be part of the band.
3: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The first time I, 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 I set foot on a, a, a big stage was at Radio City Musical in 1973, at the beginning of 1973. And, uh, on the Ziggy, Tour. oh, uh, I've just been asked to get involved in something they're, they're, they're doing. There's something that's going to happen on the third of June in in, in Lyman, 50 year anniversary. That that first trip, basically, it was almost like having a backstage pants and, and, and looking at a show because they were established anyway in what they did, so their performance would have been similar to what all we were doing was enhancing what was there. So it was me, Uch, who was in feathers, doing backing vocals. And uh, he did rhythm guitar and I did percussion. There were two brass woodwinds.
2: It was that bit when they went to America, wasn't that when Garson turned
3: up? Garson. So, yeah, Garson, like Garson. I was on, just up, become on board. Yeah. So Garson was on one side of the stage, off stage almost, and we were off stage the other. So um, if you see Pennybaker's film, I don't think you can even <laughs> see us. You know, So... As, as as I say, uh, it, it was like being given a, a, a backstage pass, but allowed to join in every now and again.
1: But how was David? Uh, how was what did people? What was the reaction to David in America, dressed the way he was dressed at that time, doing Ziggy? Um, it
3: it was it was pretty phenomenal, right? I mean, the, st- the the show was so set and it was so intended. It wasn't he pretty well has acted through his music all his career and you know changed and 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 whatever and that's what that was the beginning of it that was the beginning of him acting out this very camp huge give me your hands you know you're wonderful he he had very much perfected what he was doing as Ziggy stardust and stardust the messiah whatever it very much honed that role and was playing it out beautifully so you ask what the reactions the reaction is to something that's a bit of theater he learned from what and by the way this isn't something you can you can just step into if you've done kind of dance mime bit of theater bit of whatever you know you can draw those experiences and 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 and, and make performing more than it's uh, it's it's usual total um you can make more more, more of it and and be, be dramatic and 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 he'd learned how to do that. He was—he looked very comfortable. And if you're looking at something that's very comfortable and very natural, I think you accept it as a, a thing rather than a, a band playing stuff.
2: Because it's an amazing yeah. when you think yeah. of it as The jump from kind of, it's not that long since he was sort of sitting cross-legged with a 12-string acoustic.
3: Yeah, that's, that, that's true. But then he'd been yeah. doing stuff with Lindsey Kemp and it'd been in film then he'd been tried to tried to bear this and tried to bit of that so yeah. he had that theatrical he dipped into that already and you know he was great at nicking things and nicking ideas Your other AFC. people's or whatever <laughs> and putting them into his thing he was great at that you know and that's the way a tr- and how, a true how grueling was
2: that talk what sort of schedule was it on that tour because it's because, like, so the the thing with as as Gary as you were saying, like how he looked like that when he was in the hotel lobby. It's like you know, how cause if yeah. if you're doing a show every night and having to be that guy all day, as well, it's probably how exhausting yeah. that must be.
3: Yeah, it was, and and and, and I do wonder, especially on the Diamond Dogs stuff, which came later, which was, uh, you know, we we if I'd done nothing in the in the uh, Aladdin Saint tour, it was completely different from the. Diamond Dog uh, tool, which which was you know we really worked for our supper, but I I, I often wonder how how he did get through that there because it was um, apart from Rono who was a, a great mm. um, sidekick. I mean the visual thing looked just wonderful anyway, and they they all looked great. It was pretty well David doing doing his thing, but he loved it. He loved it. Mm. This is what he he was born for. So I think you just find that energy. I mean you're a performer, Gary. You 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 know uh, both of us. that that there are times where you you are you, you, not necessarily feel up for it, but once you hit no, that stage. We've
1: both been in that situation. Uh, going on.
3: We actually had a thing um, on
2: the last tour. We did this very grueling tour to last year and we had a thing where towards the end of the tour, like 10 minutes before you go on, you're thinking, "Oh god." And Gary and I had a thing. We said, "You know, within five minutes of being on that stage everything's going to be great and it's going to be fine and we got into a thing where we check in with each other like
1: five minutes in go
2: how are you Great. yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. you 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 talk about ronno being the sidekick and then ronno goes after hammersmith and um but i did actually for saying that I, i i i saw your 1980 floor show which was the last time i think ronno and David played together really before until he years gave later. David a yeah. ring, um, Jeff. He gave David uh, a I, ring. I was one of the kids. I I, uh, I gave him a bangle, a bangle from my wrist. Uh, but I but uh, I, I was there the day that Mayan Faithful played there. Were you? You must have been singing there as well. I was
3: one there? of those idiots on the side. And there were three. of was so there was my tall black guy uh, who, who who was a waiter or something, and Ava Cherry. Bless her, Ava Cherry. I love, oh my God, I love Ava, 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 but she often sung flat. Uh, uh, and we were the Astronauts, uh, and uh, so if you, you, you can see all this uh, on YouTube now, I think yeah, 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 it's been tiny. But, but you,
1: but you, look at it hill. No, you were amazing. You sort of came became his sidekick on yeah. stage because you did loads of stuff, didn't you, with a rope? That fantastic thing with a rope. You, yeah, that he was really Diamond Dogs. Used
3: you guys. Yeah, that was Diamond Dogs. That 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 was that was. You know, the, I, I think of that. Uh, just giving myself and Key Andrusano, who was a performer anyway, but especially me, who, who was a, a you know a, a novice, giving us that trust. To, to I mean, there's one point we beat him up and lifted him over over our shoulders and walked walked off stage. That's ridiculous. So to to have that trust is it, amazing because he, he he would say you're you're doing that, and you didn't have to time to think well. This is ridiculous because i've never done this just do it you know and you and you did you just did it and that's oh, a lesson yeah. i took away from from the whole david thing that um you you can do stuff if you if you who, who directed at... that
1: show because was that just david who put the well, whole choreography together
3: basically it, it, it was um um he 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 had a lighting and set design mark rabbits and uh, somebody Fisher.
1: Well, Mark, no. Mark Fisher's the guy who went on to
3: be the set George designer, designer. Yeah.
1: all the clothes were, were Freddie Barretti's design, yes, were they? they were um, so,
3: David so, David would design stuff on, on a pad but there were certain people in, in terms of the staging of their show it was mostly David but the, we had uh, this uh, lovely lady called Tony Basil and Tony Basil oh,
2: yes oh yeah oh Mickey oh, you're so fine
3: uh, yeah and she never got a penny for that by the way uh, her English uh, manager wow Nick. Anyway, that's by the that by. But she she had this dance troupe called the Lockers, and the Lockers were doing uh, like hip hop movements years and years before hip hop. They all had their own move, kind of movements. Uh, there was Mr. Penguin and Mr. Robot. Yeah, you know that kind of thing. So wow. Mr. Robot would move like a robot, which is a very hip hop. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Electro moved. thing, yeah. And uh, they were her troupe. So she came in and, and uh, worked with us, and we did certain moves that she suggested. David, uh, there was one bit where we did that mind thing when you're walking and going nowhere. And that was the beginning of uh, all the young dudes. And we did an acapella thing just before we started. And uh, so there's a, there's a picture in the book of me in the middle with, with David on one side and Guy on the other. But he, he would come behind us and count us in for the a cappella. That's how we all started. Oh, I see. I see. Oh, I see. I see. I see. One, I, see. Two, I see. All right. right. Three. <laughs> You know, you know, and there we were, the three of but us. But
1: do you remember that when it became, when it became Diamond Dogs sort of became Phili- Philly, didn't it? Because that's very much in the uh, uh, Alan Yuthorf yeah. movie, Cracked Actor. Where, yeah. Where, when it became the Young Americans. So Diamond Dogs becomes the Young Americans. Is, is that when you hit Philadelphia? Did you sing with Luther?
3: Yes, yes. It, it was kind of messy in a way um, because he, he wanted to move on and, and do something else. And, and there we were with this hugely expensive, uh set first time it had been done and and now he was he wanted to do something else so it did it did change it changed w- where it was really evident was i think to the, the the shows we did in the universal entry theater where the set the set was still there i think he dropped bits of the set before and then then, then there, there 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 were there, there were six backing vocalists uh i being one and we did a warm up show and it was just it was terrible but uh Luther wrote some songs. Uh, they did some songs that Luther wrote, and whatever, and I did. God, what did I do? I did a couple of other things with work. Oh, yeah, I did uh, uh, Mood is Mood for Love, which I did. Uh, and the band would start, start, up, start it up too fast. So I'd be going, there we go, there we go, there we go, there we go, Oh, maybe the steps of control. But every German You can never get the The Smile on the rock with magic. There's music. musical. But, yes, so... Um, yeah, it turned into it turned into a, a bit a bit of Diamond Dogs and a bit of uh, the Soul Show. The it, it uh...
1: guy, do you remember? Because did David did that brilliant sh- chat show in America? Who's the Who's the host? And he's the off. Oh, his um, mind Dick Cavett. Is it the Dick, the, the Dick, Cavett, Dick Cavett show. show yeah, yeah. And he's got the yeah, walking yeah, stick,
2: look, and he's yeah,
1: yes, yeah. Cain, well, Kane, Kane, Robert. And how was the drugs though? Was that terrible? It, were you feeling the stress of that were you no, joining but, in on all that
2: it fun well norm, was that-
3: it was pretty well the norm anyway but mm-hmm. uh, yeah it, it, it i think he was camping it up that that, that day
2: all oh, right right i do feel we need to we, we are gonna have to crack on about unfortunately so but one thing jeff your life would be very different if david had been happy to fly
3: that's right that's right.
2: But there's a lovely thing you say, you know, I've read somewhere about how, what you like to, because I completely relate to this, you, the idea of having a good camera with all the knobs and the dials and everything, not actually knowing how it works, yeah. but just have, having all that stuff yeah, is really cool. It, yeah. I, I, We're like I, that I was, with our studios. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I remember having a little studio, you know, a, a, yeah. You know, I used to love to buy the new gadgets. But it's also, I liken it to um, having a gun. I've never had a gun. But I imagine if you had a beautifully made Smith & Wesson or whatever like that, and and with with, with the bits and bobs to it and the moving parts or whatever, and the weight of it, you know, it's similar to a a camera. I wanted a camera for the idea of having a camera and having that object. As As a a mod would have a camera. yeah, yeah, Because it looks good. As a prop. Yeah, exactly. So you're in Japan.
1: You're in Japan and you've got to get home.
3: We're in Japan. And we've got to get home. We buy our kit, trade through a Sakita photographer. Um, David's got a Super 8. I've got a Nikomat, and uh, we board the uh, Trans-Siberian Express. We we get a boat from Yokohama to a place called Nahodka, which is up up the coast.
1: Sorry, this is just the two of you, Jeff. Just it? the two of us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: We get on a train. Which uh, we think is the Trans-Siberian I- Express, and we're very excited because it's an old tsarist train, and it's all wood panels and uh, chandeliers, uh, that kind of shit. Yeah. yeah, beautiful, beautiful white tablecloths and the yeah, gorgeous. And it's only the night that takes us to Khabarovsk or something like that, which we which we, we we have to get off and get onto the full micro train. Yeah, so that's when I started taking pictures, and my first picture is is. is Oh, no, my first picture of David was a dud and it was him on, on this little stage on the ship doing his turn for the uh, Russian tourist, Japanese and whatever. Tourists were on going to the Trans-Siberian Express. So he, he he did a couple of things. I, I had my bongos and we did a couple of things. And whatever, what things? Whatever.
2: What things? What? This is seismic.
3: He did, which was very fitting, something like probably the port of Amsterdam. Which, which is awful. <laughs> Which has been half of the course for, for, for Russians, the it's Russian the Russian crew who, who served us, uh, early in the evening suddenly donned traditional dress and became the entertainment. So it was, it was like David, David worked for his supper as well, which is kind of nice because we were, um, at one point we got approached by a couple of guns in Ivy League suits and, uh, they were definitely spies trying to figure out why we were going to Russia. Because they were over friendly. Were
2: they um, American or, Ru- or Russian?
3: We 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 didn't know. David thought they were were actually American because they had ivy League suits and mm-hmm. fake American accents. But uh, I I thought they were Russian because they didn't know who the hell he was. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so that's uh, that 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 was uh, seven days on that. And I've just come back from Los Angeles where I've been. Uh, I did a show, uh, and it's specifically uh, this gallery. It's, uh, it's a Cold War gallery. So one of the things I show are a few photographs that I took of Russia and of David being in Russia and of his film that he took while well, I interject my photographs along the way because he's very much uh, shooting the same things as I am. If you look through the book, Gary, you'll, you know, there's a wonderful double pager of these kids. these, oh, yeah. And he's filming me taking that picture, for example. So and the footage
1: did, is on YouTube, isn't it?
3: No, no. Um, it was. Given, so
1: where can you see the footage? Where can you see at it? At my
3: show. Wow. Yeah. Yeah,
2: baby. So it's like you're yeah. both doing a making of. Yes. Yes.
3: Yes. But because his he, his camera work is is quite loose, to say the least. It's like his eye. He, it's following his eye, you know. So it's like, like it's kind of cool that the pictures that I've got. So he's say for example he, he's got a. Picture of the train arching round a bend. I've got the same picture, so throughout the film, there's this nice like an old projector, and there's a camera, and I click, and my my picture comes in click of the train going round the corner. So you could, you know it kind of clarifies yeah,
2: right, right. what he's yeah, filming,
3: yeah. but it, yeah, it, it's it, it's good fun,
2: brilliant. But listen, it, Any, and-
3: it's mad that I got a <laughs> I, I I've done I went to St Petersburg as well and and, and took that and. Uh, it's Mather, and, and it was on at Brighton, which was obviously kind of a, a semi-lockdown show. Is it coming back to the UK? Yeah, I'll do something with it. I'll do something with it. I'm doing a show in Deal. There's a, a, an art gallery down there, and it's a really lovely little art gallery. It looks like Atlas Gallery in uh, near you, uh, Gary. It's kind of on the corner, and it's got a downstairs. But I'm doing something there, um, and I think the film will be on show, show there.
2: Oh, don't say I don't know how I missed it in Brighton. I don't know how that happened because I lived in it was Brighton.
3: Huge, it was the bright Brighton. Um, Under. Uh, it was at the Brighton museum gallery, so it was attached to the pavilion.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know, there, I know there, the museum. I, I, I have no idea what happened
3: there. There's these huge, three huge rooms, and I, and I looked out and I thought, "The fuck am I going to do with this?" You know, uh, well, I've only got my bits and bobs, but I, you know, we filled it and we we blotted it out. They put walls up where we wanted them to, so it was like a journey. If you look you, up, um, on my site, you'll see a bits of it. You can see, mm. you can see kind of how it was. It was a really lovely show.
1: And, and do you think that this, that train journey, is is this is this station to station? Is this where this brings into David's To a mind? degree,
3: to a degree, yeah. There was a, a a part in it where the most, the scariest part and and the most dramatic part of the journey was going from east to west Germany. And uh, when we got to uh, East Germany, we didn't have the right. Um, we didn't have the right visas or something stupid like that. And that was hairy. We, we had a kind of, you'll read it in the book, but there, there was a nasty experience. But the, the, these guys were like, um, the guards were like re- really scary. They kind of came on in sh- shiny jack boots and, and, and instead of just opening doors to see if anyone's was there, they kicked doors in and, you know, it's oh, like, wow. oh, <laughs> I, you know. It was like, and they snatched papers from you and then just well, wow. heaved them back like, you know, Gave you the look of like, I, I hate you. Yeah. Really. Do you mind? We're the London boys. Yeah, yeah. don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then, then we went through this area, which was um, the border between east and west. And it was all these shelled, shelled out old buildings with just half buildings with door, you know doorways and the light, moonlight shining through. And it was, it was just very eerie and very strange. And no, nobody on, that, on, on the train said anything. We were all like silent. Because it was so such a horrible sight, um, so yeah, I'm sure that that stuff came came up in station to station. But station to station is is really about like stations of the cross. So it's it's, it's like that that Jewish thing about from from there to there to there to there. That's yes, right. That's it, what...
2: and well, the, he was reading the Kabbalah a lot of the time as well, yes, wasn't he? There's yes. all that.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that that's all part of it. But yeah, the the, the journey would have very much been uh well, it starts
1: with the train doesn't it yeah the noise
3: of the yeah train. yeah yeah i'd love that and you work did you
1: work on that album oh, you, i coming?
3: worked uh, yeah i did it was i was saying other uh, uh, vocalists uh on it uh, so you're hanging in berlin with iggy no it wasn't in berlin station to station was um oh uh, it was los angeles it was uh uh cherokee studio oh,
1: sorry sir. yeah
3: yes. of course Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah, so that, I, was, I that was it. Did and I was the the other. You point.
1: didn't make. You didn't go because you didn't. That was the sort of end, really. You didn't do go to Berlin. With, no, no, I
3: came back at, 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 to London, and he was uh, doing some stuff with, with Iggy. It was it was hard to pin down Iggy, but he he he, he must have some stage gone. Well, I've really got to get my head down at something, which he did because we, we we tried to do something with uh, Iggy in Los Angeles, and um, that's that's how. I get it, the credit on Turn Blue because you uh, right, co-wrote right. That. that's you, correct. Yeah, because yeah, I, I we went to this little studio. I started playing the piano badly, Uh, but playing these chords and there was kind of a gospely feel. And he started singing. David rushed into the control room and said, "Keep going." And that's what was Turn Blue. Because
1: you co-wrote Rock and Roll with me. Didn't I you? did,
3: yeah, and that's why the book is called. Yeah,
1: which is the title of the book. Yeah, yeah. How did? How? how which is on the Di- Diamond Dogs album, right? So,
3: yeah. How, how did? how was that how did you write with david it's it's uh they're just happy accidents i had to be happened to be around at at the right time i mean i would never uh, 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 uh said to david can you can you hold on to me i just want to take a picture or i've got this idea for a song or i, I would just never have mm-hmm. gone there yet. but that situation with iggy you know for example it just happened the piano the piano was there i started playing with no intention of anything else other than oh something i'm just fooling around with and uh yes yeah, so same with, with 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 um rock and roll with me i went round to david's in he was living at oakley street and uh i had nothing to do and no one to play with so i thought i'd go and annoy him and he was uh you know right in the middle of writing he had a small piano upstairs he had a baby grand downstairs and a small piano in one of the bedrooms and he was uh fooling around So we stopped had a cup of coffee and chewed the fat whatever then i and said, i just got on the piano started playing this series of chords you know you know whatever uh but he went hold on a minute he learned what i had had played and then played it through and then when you rock and roll you know wow you know that's what he'd been working on that bit brilliant yeah a great song um, this is a great song, yeah.
2: I think unfortunately we have to wrap up now. that's we?
3: good. This has been great. Oh really, my God, really you great. are but a touchstone to you our day. hero. Yeah Oh mate, it's just lovely to see you And Chip, a...
1: what, what I think we should do, what would be really nice is we could do when you turn up at um, when you do your deal show, guy yeah. and I could go down with a little microphone sure and yes we could do an extra interview with yeah, you. yeah 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 no, yes. no problem we'd love that yeah yeah,
3: Great. yeah so
1: so 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 let us know when that is give out give my love to joe
3: yeah we'll do yeah
1: and um and we when when you've gone we're going to talk about this amazing okay. afterward afterward yeah how old David's are boys now your
3: boy? how old's the youngest
1: oh my boys oh he, 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 the youngest is 12 12 11 old. 11. Eleven. No, he's eleven. I forgot. Okay. He's eleven. Right. Yeah. I'll catch up with you later after the yeah. after the show. Well, um, okay. Lovely to meet you here, Jeff. Lovely oh, uh, to uh, meet you, yeah, man. Nice was one. Was to go. Absolute
2: delight. Absolute delight.
1: Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Thank you. God bless. You take care. Good luck with the book. Thanks, pal. Oh, guy, that was wonderful. I've,
2: it's, like, it's like sitting at the feet of a, you know, sage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we we did speak to him about the afterward. Uh, it, it's it's so good. Anyone who buys the book will be able to read the entire thing. I mean, it's quite a lot of it. And as as, as we were saying earlier, he sort of pretends that uh, it's yeah, the, the, their life didn't turn out. Yeah,
2: the wit, the wit involved is just brilliant. The wit and the observation. Yeah, of it. yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, the last paragraph, if you don't mind, may I read it? You perhaps? may it's read the it, paragraph. Gary. You may. The, the long and short of it, Jeff, is that this is a great little book full of warmth and good humour. It's so evocative of that time that I almost wish it had really taken place. Dream on, eh? If dentistry ever gets too mundane for you, I'm betting you've got another career in writing. By the way, if the missus can do without you this weekend, I'm going to borrow a rather flash Yankee car from the works... An early 70s Lincoln Continental, very nice. A couple of jars on the patio in the Angel Henley on Thames, nice. All the best, David Jones, 2007. Thank
2: you to all of you for listening. Thank you to Jeff. Thank you to Ben, our producer at Gimme Sugar Productions. And thank you for everything you do, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) Good night from me. And good night from them.
0: Rock on is produced by Gimme Sugar Productions... A Warner Music Group UK.